Hello, hello, hello. Well, thank you for joining me for another Pause Reset Brunch podcast. My name is Natalie Francis Clark, your host. And my guest today is none other than the beautiful Tasha Kitty, <laughs> aka Tasha Morris, as I knew her. <laughs> Uh, but before I even get into it, I'm just going to read a little bit of her bio, which is awesome, by the way. So Tasha Kitty is what one may call a visionary when it comes to risk and reward. She has an impressive reputation for stepping up and stepping in and routinely says she moves when she's called and not a minute sooner or minute later. Tasha had a long-standing and progressive HR leadership career, creating culture change, internationally recognized HR programs, and learning and development strategies before effectively leaving the C-suite and venturing out into entrepreneurship. Her first company, Smart Startup HR, quickly grew from a one-woman show to a, I'm not going to say small, to an international team with one plus million in revenue in its first two years. <laughs> Smart Startup HR focuses on startup phase organizations with little to no HR support for their business and steps in as fractional support via HR strategy and operations, learning and development and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I like that. <laughs> Tasha, Tasha eventually passed the entrepreneurship bug to her son, one of her first round of student, one of the first round of students to graduate high school during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is when she added a second business to her already successful portfolio, but in a new field, retail and spiritual services space. Together, Tasha and her son Marcel imagined research built and co-founded their brick and mortar shop in Jamaica Plain, Mass, coining it a shop of peace, positivity, named Body, Stone, and Soul. For over 20 years, Tasha has been revered as a change agent with a strong ability to lead and build relationships at all levels and with all kinds of people. Those who worked with her and for Tasha speak highly of her ability to galvanize around the what's next, what can we do differently, and what will that look like, and what will it take for us to get there. Tasha's tremendous career is littered with, with accolades, including a recommendation to the Boston's Business Journal's top 40, under 40, and earning a C-suite role by the age of 40, a level that consisted of just over 3% Black executives for decades. I can go on and on, but right now what we're going to do, we're going to welcome Tasha Kitty. Tasha, hey. <laughs> It's such an honor. Um, but before I even begin, I always like to ask my guests, what are you eating or drinking at this moment? Oh, wow. Look, it has my name on it. <laughs> And I have a yellow straw. I didn't intentionally match it with the with the uh, hat, but it just happened like that. I am drinking coffee and I am slowly trying to slow down on the caffeine. Um, you heard all the things that I'm doing and I, you know, um, I'm always moving. I'm always moving. I'm always on the go. I do make 
uh, a lot of time for self-care, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But um, I drink way too much coffee and that's what I'm drinking right now. And before you go on, Natalie, I just want to say I'm so impressed with you. And I am thankful that you invited me on uh, your podcast. I think you're doing big things and I hope to just watch you continue to grow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So listen, I'm drinking lemon water. I'm trying to be a good girl. <laughs> but I did have coffee earlier today. <laughs> so, okay. One of the things that stuck out to me in the very beginning, right, of your bio was just this this one line here. She has an impressive rep reputation for stepping up and stepping in and routinely says she moves when she's called and not a minute sooner or a minute later. I found that powerful. So I got to ask you just to go into that a little bit. What, what does that mean? Yeah, um, and it's powerful for me. It was really powerful to step into that phase in my life. Um, you know, I'll give you a good example. When I left my in-house job, um, I was a chief people officer for a tech company um, and I was stressed and it was it was wearing on me. Um, you know, my son came downstairs one day and saw me bawling on the couch after a meeting. And I just said, I couldn't do it anymore. And, um, you know, I didn't want my child to think that's what work should look like, that you are in this phase of, you know, depression or this phase of just not feeling psychologically safe in the workplace. And I called my CEO that next day. And mind you, I was someone who have lists, right? I crossed my lists off, very meticulous, very logical. Um, I always knew the next step. In this moment, I didn't. I called my CEO, my co-founder who was out in LA the next day. And I said, look, I can quit today or I can quit in two weeks. I had no plan, Natalie. <laughs> I had a, a child in high school. I have a fur baby, a mortgage, car payment, you name it. And I had no, I had no next step, but I was called to move. Do you know what I mean? And uh -huh. um, I remember hanging up that call and not feeling stressed or worried. I felt relief. Um, I felt a uh, burden lifted and I felt prepared. Um, and that moment really is when I knew I was going to do something different. I was called, I was in the moment. It was not a minute later or a minute sooner. Um, and I just said to myself, you know, if I get one client by the end of this year, I'll be happy. And I set such a short goal for me for the following year, um, you know, cause I had savings. I had, I had, you know, funds. I, I could do that. I had two clients by the end of the year. And within two years into the new year, I had to hire two more people. Um, and it turned out to be, you know, the first year was quite successful for a first time entrepreneurship person. I built my own website. I have never built a website a day in my life. Okay. I built my own website. I tapped into some of the resources I knew to look over my marketing plan, my business plan, fine tune things. And in that first year, I had uh, accumulated more clients than I thought I could and a salary that was just couldn't compare to the C-suite, which is, uh, you know, one of the things that I really felt proud of in that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Wow. So, um, I know before we started, you know, I talked about, you know, Boston Latin Academy class in 95, how, you know, <laughs> but it's hard to believe that it's, it's so many years have passed, you know, yeah. since, since we were students at Boston Latin Academy. But um, one thing I have to say, you were always a leader. 
You, you know what I mean? I'm you are always a leader. Since, since since teen years, um, I don't know what what the new age term is, but you know, it was a lot of us who were peer leaders. You know, mm-hmm. me myself, I I was in the, the um the the violence prevention. You worked with the community center yeah. for yeah. you know for pregnancy my prevention. Whole, my whole high school years, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, and were you captain of pep squad at one point? I was. Okay, I started cool. co-captain. We were part of the group that started the step squad and then uh, went from co-captain to captain. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I, I was in it the first year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, so, so so you always had those leadership skills. So how did you hone on those leadership skills to where you are today? You know, I will say, Natalie, I have a level of um, confidence in um, just knowing that I did not have back then. And it's funny to hear you say that because as soon as you said that, I was like, wow. And and I was president of the African-American Culture Club and I was doing all these things. And, you know, I didn't see myself for the value I brought. I would have never called myself a leader then. I would have never looked at myself in that way. And even as I, you know, matriculated, I have a bachelor's degree in sociology under in African-American studies, English, I have a master's degree, et cetera. And I would have never considered myself um, a leader. And I think I was muted. Right. And that could be self-muted. That can be muted because of the people we're around or the environment. I just Mm -hmm. never considered that for myself. And even now, it's humble for me to hear you read about me because I see myself as just another person. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that we are all capable. And I think sometimes we're muted. And Mm -hmm. we let those skills and those qualities and those gifts that we possess um, go dormant. And so long that we don't remember we have them. And so, like, I think we said earlier, I'm just in a, I say now every season is my season, right? There's no, this is a me season. Now, every season is my season, no matter how beautiful it is, no matter how challenging it can be, it's a me season Um, Mm -hmm. because I learn from it. I grow from it. I relish in it. I am humble in it. I am grateful in it. And I would have never thought I was a leader, but looking back, I absolutely had those things. And I think it was an inability for me to see who I was, even though everyone else around me would say it and everyone else would, you know, have these really great accolades or compliments for me. And I just, I had a hard time even accepting it, even saying thank you, which is not, you know, a lot of people do. They can't accept the compliment or they diminish it or devalue it. Um, And that's just not how we live in right now. Mm-hmm. I I I feel you on everything you just said um, wholeheartedly. I think a lot of us have that um, that we don't see what we we what we've been been bringing to the table. You know, yeah. From, um, yeah. So um, you know, you served as an advisory board member for Smash. Tell us about that. You know, your role, why you chose to be a part of that. I'm going to say something and it it won't make sense now, but it may make sense later. When any time anyone comes into our crystal shop, we always say, you know, you don't pick the crystal, the crystal picks you, right? 
Um, I didn't choose Smash. Smash chose me. And it is an amazing story. Um, you know, when I was in cybersecurity, most of my HR career has been in the tech space. Um, I worked as the head of HR um, for a cybersecurity company uh, for the U.S., Latin America, and um, um, U.S., Latin America, and Canada. And um, I had met a senior um, vice president of sales. Um, I was his HR partner. We got along really well. You know, he was leader of sales. So if anyone ever worked with someone in sales, you know, those can be tough personalities, but we certainly matched. Um, years later, I kept in contact with him. He is one of those resources that I talked about <laughs> when I said, you know, I tapped into my resources to start my first business. And, um, he retired early, uh, you know, wealthy person, and I wanted him to look over my um, my 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 business plans. I also had met someone else who was a board member uh, at um, Horizons for Homeless Children, where I spent some time leading their HR, and they connected me to other people. So this one board member connected me to a woman, and we sat, and he was like, "Oh, she'd be great for you to know. You know, get get to know her." Um, she would love to help you out, um, look over your plans, et cetera. So he contacted me with this woman, Frida, and her and I clicked immediately. She started, you know, sending me information, um, connecting me with other people, um, just in a mentor way. Uh, fast forward, <laughs> I didn't know who this woman was, okay? I'm gonna just say that right now. I had no idea who, who, who she was. And um, come to find out, her name is Frida Klein. Her husband was the inventor of Lotus Notes, which was an old email system. I know. Lotus Notes. <laughs> I'm old enough, you know, we're class of 95, so I'm old enough to, to have used Lotus Notes, uh, was her husband. Oh. I had no idea. I was talking to um, a very, very wealthy, established woman who also, as part of her legacy, um, you know, created Smash. Um, and so um, later on, as she had started to mentor me, and then I realized who she was. I think someone else told me, like, she never told me. I had no mm -hmm. idea. I was, I was using this woman um, in a way that was like, you know, she's a, a friend of someone who's trying to help me, who's trying to guide me. Um, and I wanted to pay it forward. She supported me. And I said, what can I do? What can I do? Because this is taken off for me. And I am so grateful. I wake up in gratitude every day. And I said, what can I do? And she said, you have a long history in the tech space. Would you be on the advisory board for one of my nonprofits? <laughs> um, which is how I ended up with Smash. That was my way of paying it forward to this now I know super wealthy woman who was coaching me and guiding me and she would respond to my emails. I don't know if she thought I was crazy because I was like, well, what about this one? Um, and I had no idea who she was. I had no idea who she was. Um, and so I stepped onto the advisory board for the Northeastern chapter of Smash and did that for a couple of years as a way to just kind of return the favor and generosity that this woman poured into me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, like you said, hey, it shows you. Yeah. So um, as we spoke about it, um, you know, well, I read it in your bio about you leaving corporate. That's a big deal to leave corporate. 
at the level that you were to start your own, you know, smart. At the beginning of a pandemic. <laughs> so at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, what were the highs and lows of that early phase, you know, and, and, and what was your, what made you say, nope, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. I mean, I know you say you tapped into your resources, but I'm mm -hmm. sure there were times when you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, I have a couple of good friends who I was telling before that moment that I'm being prepared and I would just keep saying it. And I said, I don't know what I'm being prepared for. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm just being prepared and I feel it. I feel it deep within my soul. And, um, a good friend, one of my, one of my closest friends was like, you know, you're moving, you're moving, just, you know, welcome it in, welcome it in. Um, and, I felt like I was being prepared. I had no no context for it, but I felt like I've always been just connected to the earth, the universe. And so I have these, these rumblings that come up in me um, quite often. And I knew I was being prepared. I didn't know for what. And so when I did make that first step, I am a hundred percent, I did not have any, any, you know, fears. I don't know where they went. I honestly, and that's why I said you can't go a moment too soon or a moment too late, right? If I had tried to do that, you couldn't have told me five years ago I was not going to be. I was in a C-suite, multiple companies, tech space, you know, very little people who look like me, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was by any means textbook successful, right? Mm -hmm. I, um, I should have, you know, I should have been scared. I wasn't. I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, my faith guides me and mm -hmm. I was not scared. I took that step and it felt like one thing after another, after another, mm -hmm. just found its way to me. Mm -hmm. um, I had no fear. And I think that sometimes fear, and that's what holds everyone back, right? Even if we say we want something, if we have even that little, you know, in the gut area, like, is this going to work? It won't work. I believe in the law of attraction and we bring to us what we think about whether we want it or not, right? Um, I had no thoughts of fear. Anything that came my way that was a challenge, and yes, there were challenges. I was a first time entrepreneur. I, I didn't know how to build a website. What did I do? I figured it out, mm -hmm. right? I didn't know how to build a marketing plan. What did I do? I figured it out. I reached mm -hmm. out to people who I know did. I didn't know how to build a sales plan. I figured it out. I didn't know how to pull a do a pitch deck. I figured it out. Um, none of that had fear for me, not one bit. Um, mm -hmm. And if I did, I'd be happy to tell you. <laughs> it was just like what I would probably consider, um, oh, the what's next? What do we do? Mm -hmm. Logically, what would I do right now? And mm -hmm. it came. Um, and so I had probably more fear opening up the brick and mortar than I did in that space. Um, mm -hmm. Challenges was just all, you're all around, you know, entrepreneur. Am I charging people the right money? Um, you know, I didn't feel for the first time in a long time, any imposter syndrome, right? I'm smart. Um, I ran international global programs. I know HR like the back of my hand, right? Um, I think I stepped into what we talked about earlier, that leadership. So mm -hmm. I had no fears. I had um, 
you know, things I didn't know that I figured it out. And if I didn't know it, I'd research it. You know me, Natalie, I'm a big nerd. I give big nerd energy, okay? <laughs> I am a reader. I am inquisitive. I will ask all the questions. I'm always giving big nerd energy. Most people don't know that about me if they just see me, but I am big time nerd. So I, I figured a lot of things out. Um, and I think that that was the hurdle, if you will, if you will. Um, I try not to be held hostage to fear. Mm. Uh, I, I really don't. Um, and and when anything that comes that feels like fear, I sit with myself. I meditate every day. I pray every day, right? Mm. I sit with myself and I ask those five five W's. Like, what is this? Where is it coming from? Why is it here? And I just keep digging and digging and digging till I can understand what that feeling is I'm feeling and work on healing that. Awesome. So what are you doing differently as an HR um, company then? What, why someone like me who's trying to go, well, slowly going into my own, what would make me say, you know what? Yep, I smart startup HR. That's the way to go. I don't want to hear about nobody else. Da, 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 da. What is it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one of the things that makes um, my company different is because at that time, there weren't many people doing what I was doing, right? Okay. Now you see a lot of these bigger companies and um, consulting agencies that are really just focused in that startup area or small company area. And there wasn't small shops like mine, right? And so I think I had a good footing on um, the audience I was seeking. I think okay. I had a really great background, right? Um, most people who get into HR, they start in HR, they grow up in HR, and they have longstanding HR um, careers. I grew up in the business. I worked in different business lines before I even became an HR person. So when I attack any HR, and I like to call them people, right, any people-related issues, I look at it from a perspective of having sat in multiple business lines, right? So an HR person could say, hey, we're getting ready to do our performance reviews, and here's the list you got to go through, and you got to fill out your sections. And the person on the business end wants to know, how is that impacting helping my business? How is that helping me manage my talent? So I could see it on both ends, right? And I think that that makes my skill set a little bit more unique. Mm -hmm. I think that what I bring to the table is a variety of industries. Um, I've spent time in um, insurance and I had a stint at a nonprofit, advertising and media tech space, that's cybersecurity, that's ed tech, um, a few different tech arenas. So I've come in with this varied experience. I also come in with the lens of being a Black woman. Right. So when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, okay. I am how how commercial. I'm not just a member, uh, a customer. I'm a member. Right. Um, I belong to that group, and I think that that helps me to better understand everything from your client, your customer base, to your consumer base, and to the people who work for your companies. Um, one of our models is we work on growing companies so that you don't have to reverse engineer anything. You have all these companies, big name who I haven't going, we're going to go back and look at our processes, or we're going to go back and figure out how to make this an include. No, we are helping companies build that while they're starting, right? So there's no need to go back and fix something or to make yeah. something more inclusive or to build this new policy. And so we are fans of one, we're not going to, um, Put, put companies in a position where they need to reverse engineer anything. Two, we understand that as smaller companies, 
The CEO is growing that business. They don't have the time to worry about how do we onboard Natalie today? And Natalie and her manager is having a difficult time. But I mean, no, we want to reduce the time that CEOs, leaders, and co-founders are spending on people-related issues so that they can grow their business. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Um, one other thing you specifically wrote down is that you are a dedicated mentor, not just a mentor, but dedicated. You specifically wrote dedicated mentor for Thrive Scholars. Um, why is mentoring for Thrive so important to you? And then I, just to let them know, uh, Thrive is a, it's a national organization, basically, you know, supporting the underrepresented uh, racial immigrant groups and first time college college mm-hmm. students. So um, why is it so important for you yeah. to dedicated mentor? So I, you know, I chose Thrive. <laughs> um, and I can't remember who connected me with them. Someone I had met in my travels connected me oh. with them. And I thought that they were a great organization. This is actually, um, we're going into... I haven't had a Thrive mentor, full transparent uh, mentee, full transparency for about a year now, only because as you can see, I've been building a lot. Um, but I had uh, one for about four years in a row. Um, super important to me. I am a first generation college student. Um, I, you know, at least in my immediate family and those that I knew, I was the first one also with a master's degree. Um, and it is important to me. Education has always been important to me. Um, big nerd energy. We're back to big nerd energy, right? Um, and I think that that's an experience that too many people where I'm from, and that is black and brown communities, don't have other people who they know who uh, achieved that level of education. Um, and I think it's a lot different now, thankfully, for organizations like Smash and Thrive and, you know, a bottom line and any other, you know, organizations that really focuses on matriculation of underrepresented groups through college. Um, back then, it wasn't like that <laughs> for me, for us, right? Um, so when I went to school, I had no one else to go to. I didn't have anyone else to say, you know, help me fill out this college application. How do I pick which major I wanted to go to? Um, what, what, you know, what led to this job? How do you get there? Right. And so I was a bit of a fish out of water when I went to undergrad. Um, and I didn't want that for other people in my community. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was really important for me to be that for people. Um, I still have, (laughs) I still have contact with my previous mentees um, because it's a dedication. Um, It's hard to be, um, uh, you know, supportive of someone in a, in a organized program and to just drop them after a year, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or to just say, all right, you've done your first year now to move on. No, if any of them call me or text me, I've, you know, references and, and reference and recommendations, um, you don't just turn that off. And I think, you know, I wish I had had someone there who could do that for me. Right. Um, um, you know, my parents, they, they weren't there. My brother, you know, he dropped out of college. So I was really on a boat alone and, um, I just didn't want that. And when I had the time, I wanted to be helpful. Um, I wanted to pay it forward. Another opportunity to just, you know, put more good in this in this earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, I follow you on Facebook. And mm -hmm. one thing that is undeniable is the bond that you have with your son, my son. That is something you can see. It's intentional. It's just it's just pure. Um, so in a world where black and brown boys um, still have right a, a great disadvantage, were you adamant about pouring into him from 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 a toddler? Oh, that's such a good question, and it's so crazy because. Me and him was talking about this the other day. And you're right, me and Marcel, I mean, um, man, he's such a dope kid. Like, and he's 22. I still call him a dope kid. He's a, a dope man. Um, but when I say um, he is a beautiful person inside and out, um, people feel that energy when they come into the shop. They feel that energy when they meet him. Um, and I think one of the things that I poured into him when he was a kid, and it's amazing because you see it today, right? You know, he's two and he's 22. You see it today is to be unapology, unapologetically authentic to him. And I tell him that all the time when he was a kid, I mean, this, this kid would like, he want to put on wrinkled shirts and one shoe here and one shoe. And I, I would just I'm like, you like that, that outfit? <laughs> Oh, you know, and he'd be like, yeah, I like it. I'm like, well, do you then? You know, um, and I established in him, I feel something that I wish was established in me. And, you know, I don't blame my parents. I'm gonna wait, there's a ambulance going by. Um, I think my my parents did the best that they knew how to do when they were doing it. Um, but I told my son and I tell him to this day to be him. Don't change uh, to be influenced by someone else, um, embrace who he is, know that that is a process and it's fluid. So who he was yesterday does not have to be who he is today. He does not have to hold himself to whatever, um, you know, um, profile that he felt he existed in a year ago or two years ago or five days ago to just be able to be fluid and to grow to himself. And, um, I have told him that as a kid and I've told him that as a, you know, teenager and as a young adult, um, that if he is faithful to him, mm -hmm. no one can, no one can take that from him. No one can take that from him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I always encourage him to just be him. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what his dad says. It doesn't matter what, if that's who he is and comfortable mm -hmm. with who he is, then to be that and to do that. Um, and I think that that made him such a great man. I think that he is kind. He's firm. He is sensitive. He is, you know, very empathetic. Um, he's smart. Uh, and he is who he is. And he doesn't, he doesn't fail a fault to that. I tell him the most important relationship is the one we have with ourselves. Mm. Right. And I say that it, don't put me above that. Don't put your father above that. Don't put your mother, your grandmother, your, no one. I mm -hmm. want the most important relationship in your life to always be the one you have with yourself. Then you can line them up how you want to line them. But I want that relationship with you to be so ironclad mm -hmm. that no one else's thoughts, opinions, influences can interrupt that. And mm -hmm. when I tell you it has been beautiful for me to see that in real time, um, he didn't have to lie muted like I did or dormant. Mm -hmm. And who he is like I was. Um, and that's beautiful. 
that mm -hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness, to see, um, and to have in my life, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. So it's been years since I lived in Boston, but JP seems like the perfect spot for your store location. Um, but just tell us more about, about your store and, you know, the services that's offered and things like that. And also yeah. the exact address. Sure, sure. So it's Body, Stone, and Soul. We're in Jamaica Plain. It's 456 Center Street. 456 is important, y'all, because that shows progression. As soon as I realized the um, address, I knew this was the shop. Before we got here, me and my son, I was like, watch this be it. The, you know, um, we knew it was the shop. And this is after like many redirections, let's say. Um, we knew that this was going to be the space. So in Jamaica Plain, we're on the corner center in Boylston. Um, gosh. It's a shop of pure positivity. Remember that story I told you about me being on the couch and my son seeing me? And I was like, I didn't want him to know, think this was what work was like. I came downstairs one day, my son on the same couch, kid you not. And he was supposed to be at work maybe like 10 minutes before this time. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> and why are you not at work? And what that snowballed into was this conversation on doing what he wanted to do, not feeling stuck. You know, he had graduated. It was the pandemic. He had graduated or is after the pandemic, should I say. Um, and, you know, he tried college, wasn't for him. And I've always told him then too, there's many pathways to success, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do, we're going we gonna to make sure we rock it out, right? Um, he tried school that didn't work, college didn't work. Um, and he felt like he was on this kind of... Uh, you know, endless path, I guess you, you can say. Like, we have matching tattoos. We got them since when he was 18. It's the compass right there. Oh. And he told me when we got them that life has no direction. So he took off the north, east, west, and south on the compass. And we ended up getting matching that day on his 18th birthday. And um, he felt like he had no compass, right? He didn't know where he was headed. And I took that as an opportunity to say, you are in a privileged position to do what you want to do not what's expected of you, not what someone else is doing. What do you want to do? Let's make it happen. And that's how this shop was born. We started oh. to talk about his interests, my interests. What could we do? We went and we did. I'll tell you what, we manifested this shop in nine months of pop-ups, nine months. Um, you know, I had him meeting with my accountant for Smart Startup HR, and they would talk about the business plan, right? Um, things they should have taught us in school. You know, is this going to be viable? What's your target audience? How do you research a location? Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So he had um, a heavy hand in the building out of the business plan for this. Um, and, you know, um, my family, my grandmother, my father's side, it has some deep Native American roots, right? And at a very similar time, I was exploring a lot of my own heritage. And we came up with Body, Stone, and Soul. We retail ethically sourced crystals. Uh, and wow, what a time has that been? Because, you know, we are blame our, our hearts and not our heads when we encounter uh, wholesalers who don't ethically source, but we are on top of it, right? Um we have farmed sage, not wild harvested. Super important because we want to take care of this land and this earth. That's an homage to my grandmother's roots about protecting natural resources, right? That's why we chose 
uh, this, uh, again, because of her background. Um, and we also have candles, hand-poured candles. Um, we have affirmation cards, tarot cards, journals, decks, um, everything in crystal form that you can think we have it here. Uh, and we are less of a rock shop and more of a metaphysical shop. So what are the healing properties behind all these gifts that nature has, has blessed us with? Um, and so that's what we do. We also have Reiki services here. We have tarot services here. We have astrology readings, natal chart readings, um, all wrapped up into one uh, guided meditation. Um, I'm bringing someone else on our team who's going to do a little bit more. I can't tell you a little bit about that. But so we, yeah, have, right. we, we have this kind of one-stop shop for metaphysical healing services. And it's been amazing. We are mm -hmm. still in our birthday month. We opened up September 2nd, 2022. Um, so we are still in our, our first birthday. JP is great. The first day that we um, opened, I was scared. Now this was a shop I was scared about. I was scared and I was putting out the sign um, and we had like a chalkboard sign. And I remember I was going out and this woman was crossing the street. She looked like she was with her family. She had a stroller. There's a gentleman with her. And I think maybe another child in tow. And she turned and looked at me and said, happy day one in the middle of Center Street, which is a huge street. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place. Uh -huh. in the right place. Uh -huh. um, and the JP community has been amazing to us. Okay. So I'm in Charlotte. And for those of us who don't live in Mass anymore, how can we support your store? Oh, we ship. <laughs> we ship across the intercontinental U.S. Um, we get free shipping at $75 or more. All of our services are virtual as well. So we have a grand Reiki master who can do virtual Reiki on you, long distance Reiki um, uh, from afar. Our tarot visit uh, readings are virtual. Our natal chart readings are virtual. Um, you may have heard people talk about their sun, moon, and uh, rising sign. I'm a Scorpio sun. I'm a Libra moon and Aquarius rising. Um, there's so many other things astrologically that um, goes into what happens in our life based on where and when we were born. Um, so we do those. Um, like I said, we have other services coming. So you can book us directly on our site. It's www.bodystoneandsoul.com for any of those services, as well as um, to purchase any of our products. Like I said, we, we ethically source our crystals. We cleanse our crystals before they go out to anyone. As mm. crystal junkies, will know exactly what that means. That just means we're sending it to you with cleansed energy. Um, all of our sage is farmed. All of our candles, uh, except for one brand that we carry, are hand poured. So we work with other small businesses that have uh, to get our candles from so we can give them kind of an opportunity to be in a shop. Um, same with our crystal uh, bracelets. I have a, a woman who I met through a good friend of mine who I learned did bracelets and her bracelets have been featured in my shop probably at least three to four times she's right in Rhode Island right and so like there uh -huh. are um opportunities and ways that we again continually try to lift with us awesome this, okay so this question wasn't planned but what are some of the hmm, misconceptions people have in regards to the tower reading and and um and things like that yeah, I um I think a lot of it stems in organized religions, right? Um, for those who don't know, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I got baptized. I chose to get baptized 
into Christianity when I was 35. Um, and my graduate school thesis was on religion. Um, and so I think that there is a lot of um, myths about uh, crystals and idolatry or tarot and spirits that turn um, some people off. But I have really really intelligent conversations with people when they come in here. I mean, I have a sign, you can't see it now because it's over there. All are welcome, right? Um, and, you know, I feel like we have this earth here with so many precious ways, even herbs to heal us, right? Where we are have turned to Western medicine and <laughs> are taking drugs um, to heal us, <laughs> to heal us drugs, right? Um, and so I think there's this misconception that stems from those two places. Um, and I will say everyone is welcome in this shop. I've had people come into the shop or people come to me for tarot readings. I've been reading tarot for a long time um, before we even opened the shop. So um, you can see all my reviews on Thumbtack, um, five out of five. I don't have any review that is under five and there's a, a good out there, hundred or so ratings, right? Um, um, I think that um, people have that as a misconception. So I have people who are clients who are Jewish, who are Christian, who are Jehovah's Witnesses, um, who are uh, a, a ton of different backgrounds. And um, I think it's a myth that you can't um, tap into your gifts and not be a believer of God. I pray every day. Um, I'm pulled onto a path, uh, you know, and I think that that's okay with God. We talk every day. Um, and I think that that's a misconception that people think that people who, you know, um, you know, are into crystals or are into astrology don't have a sense of faith. Um, I've been guided and, and blessed because of the faith that I walk in and I move when I'm told to move. Um, and so I think that that's probably a misconception, but I think that we are moving away from that. Like I said, people will come in here from all backs of life. Now, whether or not they share that with those that they love or, you know, congregations and things like that, that's their business, right? I'll pull a tab at the brown. I mind my business. Um, but I know when they come in, they know that this is a place of pure positivity. They can feel good energy when they walk through the door. Um, on our tarot, we say peace and love is on there. Um, this is a judgment-free zone. You come mm -hmm. as you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a beautiful feeling when people come in and they feel safe to come in to the doors, right? You know, and we could go deeper, but we're not because we can look up and, you know, different religious documents and, and see where, you know, there are certain shields that have certain crystals on their shields. I'll leave it, I'll leave it up to, to I, I wrote a whole thesis on religion, right? <laughs> to, to, to go in and see, you know, where you'll find amethyst, where you'll find um, the burning of herbs and things like that, um, right in um, different scriptures. And so I just leave that up to people and I don't judge anyone. I don't, push anything on anyone else. You know, if people ask me my opinions, I certainly will share that opinion. But I think that those are some of the the myths that at least I know exist because I, I've been in part of those organized mm -hmm. religions. Um, but I, I believe it's still a myth and um, I believe in what we do. And um, I don't know, I just, it's a path for me and that's enough for me. 
that's mm -hmm. enough for me. Um, the way my heart is full right now is enough for me. The relationship I have with God is enough for me. Um, the relationship I make and create with people is so filling. It is a beautiful thing. Um, and I, I anchor in that. I rest in that. The same thing I tell myself, my son, I tell myself, my most important relationship is, is with me. And then I bring in other people. So, you know, whether they are nervous, hesitant, or they just like, I ain't messing with that. That's totally fine. Um, that doesn't make me not, um, that doesn't make me judge you. Uh, and that doesn't hopefully, and it hopefully make you judge me. And if you do, I'm so comfortable with who I am. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay. Two successful businesses, philanthropy, board member, you name it. How does Tasha Kitty practice self-care? Ah, so <laughs> self-care is super important to me. Super mm -hmm. important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, as much as I am, you know, out and about, you know, I was just at a board board meeting last night. I sit on the board at Commons Health Health Center in Dorchester. Um, I make time. And sometimes it's hard to make time. And sometimes I have to switch up how I make time, but I make time. We're in September. I've probably traveled seven times this year, <laughs> right? Um, so I make time, whether it is a weekend getaway or if it's a trip with my girls or, you know, me and Marcel, we shut the shop down and we went to London for a week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Um, and when people come by and we're closed with this, our sign says self-care. We put self-care right on the door. Uh, we encourage it. Oh. Um, <laughs> we encourage it for ourselves. We encourage it for others. Um, I am also a Reiki practitioner. So my self-care consists of maybe a massage, certainly travel. I love to travel, but travel, a massage, maybe a Reiki treatment. Um, like I say, I try to go away at least once a month, even if it's it can be local or it can be far. Um, I try to like just get into different parts of the environment um, at least once a month. Um, I meditate every day, mm. right? <laughs> like I do, um, before my feet hit the ground, you know, that moment when you wake up and your house doesn't know you're up, right? Maybe my dog mm -hmm. doesn't know my son. If you have little ones, they haven't come into your room or anything mm -hmm. and no one knows you're up, but you're in the bed. Mm -hmm. I take that time every single day before anyone else knows that I'm up and I say five things that I'm grateful for. And Natalie, I don't care if it's the same five things for the last 60 days, I can find five things that I'm grateful for before my feet hit the ground. I wake up in gratitude. I don't grab my phone. I don't check an email. I don't look on socials. I just came off of a social break. I try to take those routinely as well. Social mm -hmm. media break. Um, but it is, um, being intentional about how you start your day, being intentional mm -hmm. how you how you live. I like to take control of my day. If mm -hmm. I wake up and I don't give anything else attention but me and I start in gratitude, my day flows in gratitude. You mm -hmm. know, and if I could tackle on a prayer and meditation with that, I'm doing great. When I'm running, rushing, rushing, and I only get like maybe a, a minute of meditation, I could feel it, right? And so um, I think self-love and making sure you have the time to do that is important. The one thing that I know I always have time for is that moment of silence before my feet hit the floor. 
in the morning. Right. Mm. And I start my day like that. I don't pick up my phone. Anyone who, who tries to reach me, they'll see Tasha is on do not disturb. Okay. You know how on iPhones it's like Tasha's phone is silenced or she is on do not disturb. <laughs> don't hit notify anyway, because I'm not going to respond, but mm -hmm. I set parameters. I set boundaries. So my phone will go on do not disturb at 1145 every night. And it does not come off of do not disturb until 10 a.m. every day. So you can try to reach me all you want. My phone is on D&D. It'll show up for you that I'm on not receiving notifications. I set those boundaries and I have to like, I'm, I'm my most important relationship is with me. Right. Um, so those are ways that I set, set self-care. I, I set boundaries um, and I do my best to to stick to them. I adjust when and if necessary. Um, but for the most part, I am an enforcer of that. And they, they change from time to time. Right. You know, my boundaries from yesterday may not be my boundaries from today. Um, I'm very um, flexible person. So sometimes I need to change. I'm going into my busy season. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, all the, all the events I have going up, right, coming up right now. Um, so my boundaries change, but when my boundaries change, I just set new ones. Um, mm -hmm. I think we just can't be so fixated on being one way and this is how we have to be. And we can't adapt or change, or if we do, then that makes us, you know, bad or that we failed in this way. No, we are growing. We are moving. Mm -hmm. We are fluid. Things change. Mm -hmm. Things change. I hope they change. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. So anything else you want the audience to know before we wrap up? Um, I just want to say, um, you know, one of the things that I think have really helped me to ground um, in what other what others in myself, right? I'm still getting used to saying that um, is, uh, in being successful is to be really intentional, right? Um, you know, we talked about the myths around crystal. If you just love crystals, come buy a crystal. You don't have to think about what the metaphysical, if you like, I like yellow and that's a yellow crystal and I want it, that's totally fine, right? Um, and I think that people just need to be and set their own intentions. Um, I'm intentional in everything I do, even the littlest things, whether it's caring for someone or supporting someone or running my business or letting someone go. Right. Um, I'm very intentional and I start my day with gratitude and with intentions. I start my conversations with intentions. When you called, I had my music going because that my intention was to get hyped up because I'm getting ready to have this call with the old friend. Right. Um, and so I, I would say be intentional. Right. Mm -hmm. The more you be intentional, the more you become self-aware, you become aware of others. Um, move with kindness. Mm -hmm. um, one thing anyone can say about me is that I'm kind. Um, there are things I do in the dark to help and to support people. I don't ask for, you know, shout me out. Matter of fact, there are people who say Tasha will purposefully say, don't tag me in the, I don't want to, I don't need everyone to know that I'm supporting this cause. If you want to tag somebody, you can tag a business of mine, but I'm not, I don't need that. I don't need that. I move with pure intentions and I move with a good heart. Um, I'm kind. I mm -hmm. unmuted myself. So be unapologetically who mm -hmm. you are um, and don't care what anyone else thinks. They don't, they have no bearing on your life. The worst mm -hmm. thing you could do is wake up 50, 60 years from now and say, I spent all that time caring about what other people think. Then here I am. And I, you know, my life is, is starting to transition. I don't want to have any apologies when it's time for me to leave this beautiful earth. 
none. I don't want to say I, I stopped doing something because of someone else. I don't want to say I didn't try. I don't want to say I didn't live my life. I don't want to say I didn't love and love hard and deep. I don't want to say I wasn't kind or considerate um, or peaceful. Um, so I live very intentionally, very okay. intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. And set your boundaries. I told my, my, my good, good friend, if it's not a hell, yes, it's a hell. No, there's no in between. Mm-hmm. There's no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And, or, um, you know, I'm not happy. There's no in between. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're happy, you say you're happy. If you're satisfied, mm-hmm. you say you're satisfied. You can mm-hmm. say, if I say I'm okay, Natalie, what does that mean? I'm not good. There's no way between you're either good or not happy or not satisfied or dissatisfied. When you, I choke on mediocrity. I can't stay in the space of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, I gag on it, right? Either I am mm-hmm. or I'm not. There's no in between. I choose to be, I choose to be on the other side of that. I choose mm-hmm. happiness over not happiness. I choose joy over sadness. And that doesn't say things, um, you know, aren't difficult or challenging. That just saying when I feel that, I hold on to anything that feels good just a second longer. If my coffee is right, <laughs> right, I might say my coffee is right five times when really I may only need to say it once. I just hold on to that joy a little bit longer. I don't care how big or how small because the longer I hold on to the joy, the shorter the difficultness is, right? I don't, it doesn't have any space to come into my, into my life because I hold on to joy. Um, and so that's it. I don't want to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, this 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 warms my heart because uh if there's one thing, you've always been consistently pleasant as an individual. And just to see you how many years later? Um still, <laughs> we done already dated ourselves with our high school graduation. We Lotus, look good. Lotus Us 40 somethings look good. <laughs> Lotus notes that that day are just right there, but um, you know, so it, it actually warms my heart to, to see this. Um, so just let the people know where, you know, if they want to get a hold of you, once again, Smart Startup HR, how do they yep. get a hold of you? Yep. So Smart Startup HR, you can get a hold of us on our website. It's www.smartstartuphr.com. If you know of any organizations that are looking for HR, learning and development or diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging um, um, components, they can schedule a commitment-free com- consultation with us on that website. We also do executive coaching. So if you know any executives that need some coaching, um, they can also book a consultation on our website. Um, mm-hmm. And we uh, do both, both virtual and in-person uh, events. Um, so if staff are doing retreat or they want to do uh, in-person for workshops versus virtual, we can do that there. And if they want to connect with some of this good energy at Body Stone and Soul, mm-hmm. they can come down to 456 Center, uh, 456 Boylston. I can't even remember my dog address. 456 Center Street. We're on the corner of Center and Boylston, uh, Jamaica Plain. You can hit us up at www.bodystoneandsoul.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We regularly shout out our uh, customers. We regularly um, do some good events as well, some good collaboration events. Um, And that's it. I think that's it. Awesome. Tasha, thank you so much for joining and to be my very first guest with a full, full visual. (laughs) (laughs) I just dived into it. So I'm so glad that I did. Um, 
you know, if you are out there and you're interested in being on the Pause Reset Brunch podcast, please, you can hit me up. My email is pausesetbrunch at gmail.com or check out my website, www.naturalinting.com. Once again, I want to thank the lovely Tasha Kitty, beautiful as ever. And for everyone out there, have an awesome day on purpose. I love that.